Gurjurif was a Sufi. His whole teaching comes from Sufi masters. He introduced methods into the Western world for delineating each center and allowing each center to function in its own field. The head should function as far as reason is concerned. That's all. Have you watched? Sometimes people say, I think I love you. I think I love you? Love has nothing to do with thinking. How can you think that you love me? But these people don't know how to function from the heart directly. Even the heart has to give via the head. They cannot simply say, I love you. When you speak from the heart, no language is needed. When you speak from the head, only language can say something. There is no other way to say it. Watch and observe. Let the head function as reason. Let the heart function as feeling. Let the sex center function as sex. Let everything function in its own way. Don't allow the different mechanisms to mix into each other. Otherwise, you will have corrupted instincts. When instinct is natural, understood, spontaneous without any inhibition, there is a clarity in your body, a harmony in your body. There is a humming sound in your organism. The fifth layer of repression is also the male expertise. Six. Corrupted intuition. The sixth layer is corrupted intuition. We have become almost unaware of the phenomenon called intuition. We don't know that anything like intuition exists because intuition is the sixth layer. Those five layers are so thick. That one can never come to peel, never comes to feel the sixth. Intuition is a totally different kind of phenomenon from reason. Reason argues, reason uses a process to reach a conclusion. Intuition jumps, it is a quantum leap, it knows no process. It simply reaches to the conclusion without any process. Many metaphysicians have been able to do any kind of mathematical problem without going into its process. The functioning was intuitive. You just say the problem, and before you have even said it, the conclusion will come. There has not been a time gap at all. You were saying it, and the moment you finished, or even before you finished,
the conclusion has come. Mathematicians, mathematicians have always been puzzled by these freak phenomena. These people, how do they do it? If a mathematician, if a mathematician was to do this problem, it might take three hours or two hours or one hour. Even a computer will take at least a few minutes to do it. But these people don't take a single moment. You say and instantly, so in mathematics, intuition is now a recognized fact. When reason fails, only intuition can work, and all the great scientists have become aware of it that all their great discoveries are made not by reason but by intuition. Madame Curie was working for three years upon a certain problem and was trying to solve it from many directions. Every direction failed. One night, utterly exhausted, she went to sleep and she decided the incident is almost like what happened to Buddha. That night, she decided now it is enough. I have wasted three years. It seems to be a futile search. Futile search. I have to drop it. That night, she dropped it and went to sleep. In the night, <clears throat> she got up in her sleep. She went to her table and wrote the answer. Then she went back and fell into bed. In the morning, she could not even remember. But she, but the answer was there on the table, and nobody else had been in the room. And even if there had been somebody, the answer would not have been possible. She had been working for three years, one of the greatest minds of this age. But there was nobody, and the answer was there. Then she looked more minutely. It was her handwriting. Then suddenly the dream surfaced. She remembered it as if she had had a dream in the night in which she was sitting at the table and writing something. Then by and by everything surfaced. She had come to the conclusion from some other door, which was not reason, it was intuition. Buddha struggled for six years to attain enlightenment, but could not. One day he dropped the whole idea of attaining. He rested under a tree, and by the morning it had happened. When he opened his eyes, he was in samadhi. But first the reason had to be exhausted. Intuition functions only when reason is exhausted. Intuition has no process. It simply jumps from the problem to the conclusion. It is a shortcut. It is a flash. We have corrupted intuition. Man's intuition is almost absolutely corrupted. Woman's intuition is not corrupted as much, 
That's why women have something called a hunch. A hunch is just a fragment of intuition. It cannot be proved. You are going to take a fight somewhere, and the woman simply says that she is not going and she will not allow you to go either. She feels as if something is going to happen. Now, this is nonsense. You have much work to do. Everything is planned and you have to go. But the woman won't allow it. And the next day, you read in the newspaper that the airplane was hijacked or it crashed and all the passengers died. Now, the woman cannot say how she knows. This is no way. It is just a hunch, just a feeling in the gut. But that too is corrupted. That's why it is just a flash. When all the five other layers have disappeared and you have dropped fixed ideas because you have been taught that reason is the only door to any conclusion. When you have dropped this fixation, this reason, fixation, intuition, stars, flowering, then it is not just like a flash. It is a constantly available source. You can close your eyes and you can go into it and always you can get the right direction from it. If those five layers are broken, then something arises in you that can be called an inner guide. You can always go into your intuition energy and you will always find the right advice. In the East, that is what they have called the inner guru, your inner master. Once your intuition has started functioning, you need not to, you need not go and ask any outer guru for any advice. Intuition is to be in tune with oneself, totally in tune with oneself, and out of that tuning, Solutions arise from nowhere. Function from the feminine. The Zen master Goso Hoyen used to say, When people ask me what Zen is like, I tell them this story. Noticing that his father was growing old, the son of a burglar asked his father to teach him the trade so that he could carry on the family business after his father retired. The father agreed, and that night they broke into a house together. Opening a large chest, the father told his son to go in and pick out the clothing. As soon as the boy was inside, the father locked the chest and then made a lot of noise so that the whole house was aroused. aroused. Then he slipped quietly away. Locked inside the chest, the boy was angry, terrified, and puzzled as to how he was going to get out. 
Then an idea flashed to him. He made a noise like a cat. The family told the maid to take a candle and examine the chest. When the lid was unlocked, the boy jumped out, blew out the candle, pushed his way past the astonished maid, and ran out. The people ran after him. Noticing a well by the side of the road, the boy threw it threw in a large stone, then hid in the darkness. The pursuers gathered around the well, trying to see the burglar down drowning himself. When the boy got home, he was angry with his father, father and tried to tell him the story. But the father said, Don't bother to tell me the details. You are here. You have learned the art. Being is one. The world is many. And between the two is the divided mind. The dual mind. It is just like a big tree, an ancient oak. The trunk oak. The trunk is one. Then the tree divides into two main branches. The main bifurcation. Bifurcation. From which a thousand and one purification of branches grow. The being is just like the trunk of the tree, one, non-dual, and the mind is the first bifurcation, where the tree divides into two, becomes dual, becomes dialectual. Thesis and antithesis, thesis and antithesis, men and women, yin and yang, day and night, God and devil, yoga and zen. All the dualities of the world are basically in the duality of the mind. And below the duality is oneness of being. If you sleep below, underneath the duality, you will find one. Call it God, call it Nirvana, or whatsoever you like. If you go higher through the duality, you come to the medium-fold world. This is one of the most basic insights to be understood, that the mind is not one. Hence, whatsoever you are, hence, whatsoever you see through the mind becomes two. It is just like a white ray entering a prism. It is immediately divided into seven colors, and the rainbow is created. Before it entered the prism, it was one. Through the prism, it is divided, and the whole and the white color disappears into the seven colors of the rainbow.
The world is a rainbow, the mind is a prism, and the being is the white ray. Hmm. Modern research has come to a significant fact. One of the most significant achieved in the 20th century, and that is you don't have one mind. You have two minds. Your brain is divided into two hemispheres, the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere. The right hemisphere is joined with the left hand, and the left hemisphere is joined with the right hand. Crosswise, the right hemisphere is intuitive, illogical, irrational, poetic, platonic, imaginative, romantic, mystical, religious, and the left hemisphere is logical, rational, metaphysical. Aristotelian, scientific, calculative, rational. Mathematical, Aristotelian, scientific, calculative. These two hemispheres are constantly in conflict. The basic policies, the basic politics of the world is within you. The greatest politics of the world is within you. You may not be aware of it, but once you become aware, the real thing to be done is somewhere between those two minds. The left hand is concerned with the right hemisphere, intuition, imagination, myth, poetry, religion, and the left hand is very much condemned. The societies of those who are right-handed. Right-handed means the left hemisphere. 10% of children are born left-handed, but they are forced to be right-handed. Children who are born left-handed are basically rational, intuitive, non-mathematical, neuro, non, no new, including, Non-Euclidean, Euclidean, non-Euclidean, Euclidean. They are dangerous for society, so it forces them in every way to become right-handed. It is not just a question of hands; it is a question of inner politics. The left-hand child functions through the right hemisphere which society cannot allow, it is dangerous, so he has to be stopped before things go too far. It is suspected that in the beginning, the proportion must have been 50-50. Left-handed children 50%, right-handed children 50%, but the right-handed part has ruled so long that by and by, the proportion has fallen to 10% and 90%. Even amongst you here, many will be left-handed, but you may not be aware of it.
you may write with the right hand and do your work with the right hand, but in your childhood, you may have been forced to be right-handed. This is a trick, because once you become right-handed, your left hemisphere starts functioning. The left hemisphere is reason. The right hemisphere is beyond reason. Its functioning is not mathematical. It functions in flashes. It is intuitive, graceful, but irrational. If you understand this division, you will understand many things. With the Borgianoisi and the proletariat, Borgiaris and the proletariat. The proletariat is always functioning through that, through the right hemisphere of the brain. The poor people are more intuitive. Go to primitive people; they are more intuitive. The poorer the person, the poorer the person, the less intellectual, and that may be the cause of the of his big being poor. Because he is less intellectual, he cannot compete in the world of reason. He is less articulate as far as language is concerned. Reason is concerned. Calculation is concerned. He is almost a fool. That may be the cause of his being poor. The rich person is functioning through the left hemisphere. He is more calculative, arithmetical in everything, cunning, clever, logical, and he plans. That may be the reason why he is rich. The bourgeois proprietor, bourgeois. Brujoris and pro, proletarian, proletariat cannot disappear by communist revolutions. No, because the communist revolution is by the same people. The Tsar ruled Russia. He ruled it through the left hemisphere of the mind. Then he was replaced by Lenin, who was the same type. Then Lenin was replaced by Stalin, who was even more of the same type. The revolution is false, because deep down the same type of people are ruling. The ruler and the ruled mean the same, and the ruled are those of the right side hemisphere. So whatsoever you do in the outside world makes no difference, really. It is superficial. <clears throat> the same applies to men and women. Women are right hemisphere people. Men are left hemisphere. Men have ruled women for centuries. Now a few women are evolving. But the amazing thing is. That these are the same type of women. In fact, they are like, they are just like men. Rational, argumentative, Aristotelian 
it is possible that one day, just as the communist revolution succeeded in Russia and China, somewhere maybe in America, women can succeed and overthrow men. But by the time the women succeed, the women will no longer be women. They will have become left hemisphere. Because to fight, one has to be calculative. And to fight with men, you have to be like men, aggressive. The very aggressiveness is shown all over the world in women's liberation. Women who have become part of that liberation movement are very aggressive. They are losing all grace, all that comes out of intuition. Because if you have to fight with men, you have to learn the same trick. If you have to fight with men, you have to fight with the same technique. Fighting with anybody is dangerous because you become like your enemy. This is one of the greatest problems of humanity. Once you fight with somebody, by and by you have to use the same techniques and the same ways. Then the enemy may be defeated, but by the time he is defeated, you have become your own enemy. Stalin is more Stalin is more childlike than any child, more violent than any child. Of course, it has to be so. To overthrow child, very violent people are needed, more violent than the child himself. Only they will become the revolutionaries, will come out on top. By the time they reach there, they have become tars themselves, and the society continues on the same path. Just superficial things change. Deep down, the same conflict remains. The conflict is in man. Unless it is resolved there, it cannot be resolved anywhere else. The politics is within you. It is between the two parts of the mind. A small bridge exists. If that bridge is broken through some accident, through some psychological defect or something else, the person becomes split. The person becomes two persons and the phenomenon of schizophrenia or split personality happens. If the bridge is broken the, and the bridge is fragile, when you become two, you behave, you, became, you behave like two persons. In the morning, you are loving, beautiful. In the evening, you are angry, absolutely different. You don't remember your morning. How can you remember another mind was functioning and the person becomes two persons? If this bridge is strengthened so much that the two minds disappear as two, and become one, then integration, then crystallization arises. What George Gurdjieff used to call the crystallization of being is nothing but these two minds become, becoming one, the meeting of the male and the female within, the meeting of yin and yang, the meeting of left and right.
the meeting of logic and illogic, the meeting of Plato and Aristotle. If you can understand this basic bifurcation, bifurcation in your tree of the mind, then you can understand all the conflict that goes on around and inside you. Let me tell you an anecdote. Let me tell you an anecdote. Among the Germans, Berlin is considered the epitome of Prussian brusqueness and efficiency. While Vienna is the essence of Austrian charm and philosophy, slipshodly, there is a there is the tale of Berliner visiting Vienna, who was lost and in need of directions. What would such a Berliner do? He grabbed at the lapel of the first passing Viennese and broke out the post office. Where is it? The startled Viennese carefully detached the other's fist, smoothed his lapel, and said in a gentle manner, said, Sir, would it not have been more delicate of you to have approached me politely and to have said, Sir, if you have a moment and happen to know, could you direct me to the post office? The Berliner stared in astonishment for a moment, then growled, I would rather be lost. <laughs> she stomped away. That very same Viennese was visiting Berlin that same year, and now he had to search for the post office. Approaching a Berliner, he said politely, Sir, if you have a moment I happen to know, could you please direct me to the post office? With machine-like, rapidly, the Berliner replied, about face two blocks forward, sharp turn right, one block forward, cross the street, half turn on the right, walk left over railroad tracks, pass newsstand into post office lobby. The Viennese, more bewildered than enlightened, nevertheless murmured, A thousand thanks, kind sir. Whereupon the Berliner snatched furiously at the other's lapel and shouted, Never mind the thanks, repeat the instructions. The male mind, the Berliner, the female mind, the Viennese. The female mind has grace, 
the male mind has efficiency. And of course, in the long run, if there is a constant fight, the graceful is bound to be defeated and the efficient mind will win because the world understands the language of mathematics, not of love. But the moment your efficiency wins over your grace, you have lost something tremendously valuable. You have lost contact with your own being. You may become very efficient, but you will no longer be a real person. You will become a machine, a rod-like thing. Because of this, there is constant conflict between men and women. They cannot remain separate. They have to get into relationship again and again, but they cannot remain together either. <laughs> the fight is not outside, the fight is within you. And this is my understanding. Unless you have resolved your inner fight between the right and left hemispheres, you will never be able to be peaceful in love. Never. Because the inner fight will be reflected outside. If you're fighting inside and you are identified with the left hemisphere, the hemisphere of reason, and you are continuously trying to overpower the right hemisphere, you will try to do the same with the woman. You will fall in love with you. You will fall in love. You will try to do the same with the woman. You fall in love with you. You fall in love with. If the woman is continuously fighting her own reason inside, she will constantly fight the man she loves. All relationships, almost all, the exceptions are negligible. can be left out of account and are ugly. The experience exceptions are negligible <clears throat> can be left out of account are ugly. In the beginning they are beautiful. In the beginning you don't show the reality. In the beginning you pretend. Once the relationship settles and you relax, your inner conflict bubbles up and starts being mirrored in your relationship. Then come fights. Then come a thousand and one ways of nagging each other, destroying each other. People come to me and they ask how to go deep in the relationship. I tell them, first you go deep in meditation unless you are resolved within yourself you will create more problems than you already have if you move into relationship all your problems will be multiplied just watch the greatest and the most beautiful thing in the world is love but can you find anything more ugly more help creating Mura Nasradi once told me, Well, I have been putting off the evil day for months. 
evil day for months, but I got to go with time. Dentist or doctor? I inquired. Neither, he said. I'm getting married. <laughs> People go on avoiding marriage. People go on putting it off. When someday they find it possible to get out of it, only then they relax. If you are outside of it, it may look like a beautiful oasis in the desert. But as you come close, the oasis starts drying and disappearing. Once you are caught in it, it is an impression, imprisonment. But remember, the imprisonment, the, the imprisonment, imprisonment doesn't come from the other it comes from within you if the left hemisphere of the brain goes on dominating you you will live a successful life so successful so successful but by the time you are 40 you will have ulcers by the time you are 45 you will have had at least one or two Hotterdogs. By the time you are 50, you will be almost dead. But successfully dead. <laughs> you may become a great scientist, but you will never become a great being. You may accumulate enough wealth, but you will lose all that is of worth. You may conquer the whole world like an Alexander, but your owner but your inner territory will remain unconquered. There are many attractions for following the left hemisphere. That is the worldly brain. It is more concerned with things, cars, money, houses, power, prestige. That is the, that is the orientation of the man whom in India, we call Krushta, a householder. The right hemisphere is the orientation of the sannyasin, sannyasin, one who is more interested in his own inner being, his inner peace, his blissfulness, and he is less concerned about things. If they come easily, good. If they don't come, that is also good. He is more concerned with the ma with the moment, less concerned with the future, more concerned with the poetry of life, less concerned with the arithmetic of it, arithmetic of it. I have heard an anecdote. <coughs> I've heard an anecdote. Finkelstein had made a huge killing at the races. And Moscovitz, quite understandably, was envious. How did he do it? Finkelstein, he demanded. Easy, said Finkelstein. It was a dream. A dream? Yes. I had figured out a three-horse parley. But I was not sure about the third horse. Then the night before, I dreamed 
that an angel was standing over the head of my bed and kept saying, Blessing on you, Finkelstein. Seven times, seven blessings on you. When I woke up, I realized that seven times seven is 48, and that host number 78 was heavenly dream. I made a heavenly dream the third host in my party, and I just cleaned up, simply cleaned up. Moscovich said, but Finkel's time, seven times, seven times is 49. Finkelstein said, So, you be the magician, mathematician. Okay. There is a way to follow life through arithmetic, and there is another way to follow life through dreams, through dreams and visions. They are totally different. Just the other day, somebody asked, Are there ghosts, fairies, and things like that? Yes, there are. If you move through the night hemis right hemisphere of the brain, there are. If you move through the left hemisphere, there are not. All the children are right hemisphered. They see ghosts and fairies all around. But you go on talking to them and putting them in their places and saying to them, Nonsense. You are stupid. The, where is the fairy? There is nothing, just a shadow. But by and by, you convince the child, the helpless child. By and by, you convince him, and he moves from the right hemisphere orientation to the left hemisphere orientation. He has to. He has to live in your world. He has to forget his dreams. He has to forget all myths. He has to forget all poetry. He has to learn mathematics. Of course, he has become efficient in mathematics and becomes almost crippled and paralyzed in life. Existence goes on getting farther and farther away, and he becomes just a commodity in the market. His whole life becomes just a rubbish. Although, of course, valuable in the eyes of the world. A sannyasin is one who lives through the imagination, who lives through the dreaming quietly of his mind, who lives through poetry, who poetizes about life, who looks through visions. Then trees are cleaner, greener than they look to you. Then birds are more beautiful. Then everything takes a luminous quality. Ordinary pebbles become diamonds. Ordinary rocks are no longer ordinary. Nothing is ordinary. If you look from the right hemisphere, 
everything becomes divine, sacred. Okay, that's it.